0: I don't know what we are. We're just all, we, but we label people. We, we, we have this tendency to desire to put people in boxes and to label them. I guess because when you can box people in and label them, then you better see, you at least in your own mind, you think you can understand them better. But with all the labels um, that are attached to people and categories that we are placed in, I think perhaps the one category that is used more often than not for us to understand or at least to wrap our minds around the journey that people are on, is their status in relationships. Um, If if you uh, are married, then we place you in the knotted category. You've tied the knot. And so when the, the common question is, when we see the ring on your finger, we ask, one of the first questions we ask is, well, how long have you been married? Because we want to categorize people as knotted. And those of you that are not knotted you've got no knot, you're single, Uh, or maybe you've been married and now you're single, Uh, you know that we categorize you by the question we ask because since you have no knot, We want to ask you, especially as you begin to approach the, the, you know, the biological clock begins to tick and and age, you start putting some age on. And and so around 30 at least, those of you that have never been married, when you start approaching that 30, it kind of gets into the danger zone. And so we start asking, so when are you going to get married? Can I help you find somebody? Because we want to categorize you according to your relationships. Now, the, the problem there is that, uh, we need to examine relationships over the course of the next few weeks because uh, there are principles that we need to learn to stay knotted and to be naughty. There are going to be a lot of puns that during this. Y'all just might as well get ready for it. It just kind of flows. And, uh, see, see, relationships, I, I'm discovering that, uh, especially now that we've been in this for a little while, I have discovered that when you really boil it down to all the things that can cause you issues in life, like sickness, like stress, like money, like having a cat as a pet, um, having crazy kids. uh, All of those things can impact your life. But I have discovered that the one thing in your life that can do more damage or provide the greatest source of strength is your relationship with someone else. In fact, it is probably, other than accepting Christ, it is probably the second most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And what I've recognized is that we must learn to deal with relationships. And our goal in this series is that if you, are, if you have no knot, that if you ever find a knot, that you learn the principles now so you get knotted correctly. Or if, if the Lord doesn't want you to establish a knot in your life, that you learn to deal with that and live complete with that. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. And then secondly, if you have a knot, that you stay knotted. I couldn't get nothing out of that. And see, some of y'all ain't liking the people you're with right now. And so and so you're struggling. See, it's important. Why? Out of the ten marriages that will take place tomorrow in America, five of those will end in divorce. And out of the five that make it, when you survey those five, only half of those will say they have any intimacy in their relationship at all. They're not even really nodded. They're just living together basically and then when you begin to recognize that uh, of those that make it out of the five that will make it on average that average marriage out of those five only lasts 9.8 years it would speak to me and say that we don't understand knots very well and that we need to get some knot knowledge so that we understand how to navigate relationships. And so uh, over the course of this series, there's going to be materials that we're going to deal with that are going to speak specifically to those of you that have no knot, and those that you, of you that do have knots, so and you're going to have to find your way where you land in that because I, you know where you're categorized as, and so just stay with me. So I think it's important this morning that we start at the first relationship ever established. If you will, I want you to turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to read uh, a couple verses of Scripture there. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 18, then we're going to skip down to verse 21. It says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That's an important phrase there. I will make a helper suitable for him. Verse 21, So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Three principles this morning that I want to share with you. The first one I want to say to you is this. God now, not later. All right, so so let me see if I can share these principles. When you begin to examine the passage that I read to you out of Genesis chapter 2, what you discover is that there in the garden uh, that God set up a process of becoming knotted. And what you discover is that the relationship that Adam and Eve was successful because God was involved in the selection process. Man, y'all are quiet this morning. Y'all were like shouting a minute ago, but now you're quiet. Uh, see, God created and designed and assigned, uh, and then the knot came. See, you must guard against something that, that seems to happen, at least it's my experience around here, what happens a lot is that, is that uh, we select, and then we begin to ask God to become knotted in this thing that we put together. And you cannot create and then ask for God's blessing. And there's a, that's reversing the process. Instead, he must be involved from the creation of that relationship. How have your picks worked out for you? Don't answer that. Don't, don't even answer that one. I know how they've worked out for some of you. See, uh, the, the truth I want to share with you this morning, if you don't have a knot in your life, is that you can have the one that he picks. But you have to allow him into the process. And recognize that he knows what he's doing. I, I understand. See it's almost unfair. We read Genesis chapter 2. And it's almost unfair. Because the pool was really small for Adam to choose from. I mean, it's hard to go wrong when there's only one, right? If there was only one around me, it would be a lot. I have no problem picking it's the only one. I understand that now it's compounded a little bit because there are others out there. So what that means is it's even more important to have God in the mix. See, what I've learned is this, is that not everyone is suitable for you. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Not everyone is suitable for you. See, God says in Genesis chapter 2, he says, I will make a helper that is suitable for him. So God says, I will find someone that is suitable for Adam. And that's why it is so absolutely essential for you to get God involved in the selection process because he can find somebody that's suitable for you. Rather than just finding somebody that's sexy, he can find somebody that's suitable. See, if you don't allow God into the mix, then what takes place is then we begin to date good and good looking and sweet and loaded and feels those genes out nicely. But we never connect with somebody that's suitable. God says there's somebody suitable. That's why we reference the passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 in almost every marriage that's ever performed, whether we understand it or not. We always reference that there is a three-stranded cord that is not easily broken The preacher understands what he's saying. I'm not sure the couple recognizes that what he's saying is that when you enter into a relationship, it's not you plus the other person. It is you plus the other person plus God. And if you don't allow God into the mix from the very beginning, you have a two-stranded cord. And a two-stranded cord is not nearly as durable or hard to break as a three-stranded cord. God must be involved. Too many of us want God... Get involved once the selection has already been made and our mind has already been made up. In fact, I've come to a startling revelation. This is probably not news to you, but it's news to me. I've come to the conclusion the revelation that premarital counseling is probably a waste of time. You're wasting my time, I'll do it, but I'm wasting my time, wasting your time because the truth be told, you're not changing your mind, and I'm not changing your mind. And God's not changing your mind. We've already sent out the wedding invitations. We ain't changing now. You don't need pre-wedding or pre-marriage counseling. You, what you really needed was pre-relationship counseling. To learn to change your selection criteria and allow God into the process so that you get what God wants. We, see, we don't, we don't want God involved in this, as the selector because I know what I like. As if God doesn't know what not only you like, but what you need. I like, like, I like, but I may not need. I I, I never mind, I ain't even going there. I was, gonna, I was gonna tell you what I like, and but if God, but, but God had said, you know what, you may not need that. See, when you really pull it down into relationships, the key issue is this. We don't trust God. Our issue is an issue of control. See, some of us get the order all wrong. We get naked only to discover that they weren't even made for us in the beginning. (laughs) That didn't go over very good. Uh, See, Adam discovers that Eve was made for him. She was suitable for him. And then there was no shame in their nakedness because they were suitable for one another. We want... So my question for you simply this, is this this morning. Who's God made for you? Maybe you could find the person that God has made for you if you would allow God to get in control of your life. See, we don't trust God to choose better than we would choose. We don't even trust God to choose quicker than we would choose. And I, I'm just going to, can I quit preaching in metal just, just a little bit and say, we can't even get you to like pull the trigger on Anything. Like we can't get you to make a decision on anything, and and then all of a sudden you're ready to get married after like a week of dating. Uh, seriously, some of y'all, it takes you three weeks to decide what shirt to put with what pants, and yet you, in one week's time, you will share the most in, intimate information about your life. You will give your heart away. You will give your body away. And it took you longer to pick a pair of pants and a shirt than it took you to pick a. a And then you wonder why you're having issues. Slow down. Allow God into the mix. Let God run the show. Our issue is control. We refuse to give God control of our life. And we want to call Him Lord until it comes to love. And we want to call and assign to Him the title of master until it comes to the point of marriage. And then we want to pick who we want to pick. We allow God to get involved in the most single important decision of our entire life which is for us to come into relationship with His Son and to set us on a path of eternal uh, life and love with Him. And then when we come to that second most important, because I want you to understand, the second most important decision you will make is who you're going to spend your life here with. And if you're not careful, the second most important decision you will make will have impact on the first decision that you made. Because I've watched some of you struggle in your first decision because you made the second decision by yourself. We don't want God involved. We want to select and then go back and ask Him to perfect. And I recognize that God has this ability to turn our messes into miracles. I get it. I'm not discounting that. I recognize... Lord knows that, that, uh, that he, he steps in and he fixes a lot of stuff we mess up. But I also recognize that the, we get the order completely wrong if we will not allow and pray about what he wants in our life. And we go out and make a selection and then come behind and ask him to perfect what we've already selected. That is the wrong order and it gets us into trouble more times than not. We've got to allow God to get involved in selecting someone for us. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. If you have no knot, then what I want to ask you to do is at some point over the course of this week, I want you to get a piece of paper out and I want you to begin to list the criteria that you have for a relationship. List it all. I mean, get very specific. I want them to be six foot three, I want them to have. Blonde hair, blue eyes. I I want them to be shaped a particular way and list it all out. I I want them to have this. I want them to have these, these traits. I want them to have this kind of money in their bank account. And then I want you to slide that list of criteria out on the table. And I want you to submit it to God and say, God, this is what I want now. I give you permission to give me and to weed through all this and to give me what I need. And what I think you will discover is that once you come to that conclusion and come to that place of submission in your life, God always supersedes and gives us more than we ask for. Anybody encountered that? So we've got to allow God to get into the selection process. The second thing I would say to you this morning that I think is absolutely crucial to understand in relationships is this. Gutters don't lead to garden's. What you find in the gutter won't usually turn into a garden. Uh See, you can't bring somebody into the garden. Adam and Eve met in the garden. Uh, Adam didn't go out and dig in the gutter and bring Eve into the garden and then everything was great. They met in the garden. See, you are more likely to 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 end up in paradise if you find someone in paradise. Well, some of you are booking trips to the beach right now because you think I'm talking about like Hawaii or something. No, 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 no. Get off your phone. Don't don't be talking to your travel agent. No, no, no. You've got see be, the way things, I please learn this. I've talked to you about this before. You got to learn this. I'm going to keep harping on this till we get it. How you begin is important. How things start are important. And so, so what, what that means is is that if you start in the bar, most likely, okay, y'all didn't like that one. If you start there, then, then you've got to understand that at, at some moment, probably in the duration or the, 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 the length of that relationship, you shouldn't be shocked when they want to go back there. If you met them on the single scene, getting your groove on, some club with the lights turned off, and the meat market, then you need to understand that at some moment when they struggle and they're, not, they're, they're, they're having like midlife crisis, then most likely they're going to go back to where it started. Because they felt like they found something there. It's, the only problem is it's just not you anymore. See, the environment that you find a person in, catch this now, The environment you find a person in usually reveals the nature of that person and the destiny of that relationship. Some of you are allowing or bringing intruders into your garden. Catch this now. You expect them to be able to change to garden behavior and garden attitude and garden longings. And they don't because they weren't in the garden. They were in the gutter to begin with. Shoot. Why? I've taught you this too, but I need to repeat it. You're going to get this one of these days. Good seed doesn't turn bad soil into good soil. And when you, uh, when, when you know Christ as your personal Savior, then you are in fact now good seed. And some of you want to have a garden experience to be birthed in a swamp. But your seed never changes or very seldom changes the soil. In fact, what I've discovered is that typically soil influences seed more than seed influencing soil. That was good right there. Some of y'all are not going to get that for decades, but I, I need you to understand that more times than not, the soil has more influence over the seed than the seed has over the soil. See, see... You cannot allow the good seed that you are to be planted in, invested in, used up in bad soil, and hopes that that soil will be influenced by the seed. Because the truth is, is that, that, that good soil and good seed equals or produces good fruit. But good soil and bad seed usually results in some fruit. Catch this now. Bad soil and good seed typically produce No fruit. And it also produces wasted seed. See, as little as I know about farming, and it's very little, what I have, I do know this. If you encounter bad soil, the only way to deal with bad soil is to add a bunch Of fertilizer, stay with me. The only way to turn bad soil into good soil is to invest a lot of fertilizer. And so, for those of you that keep planting good seed in bad soil, may I give you an admonition this morning? Unless you are willing to walk through, put up with, endure, and handle all the. Stuff that they are going to have to go through to turn their bad soil into good soil, then it is imperative for you to walk away right now. Because just because they're around you is not enough. They are going to have to have heaping, helping loads of fertilizer dropped on their life to get their attention. And if you attach yourself, if you not with that... Guess who gets to walk through all that stuff too? I'm just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. Just trying to help you. So in other words, what I'm saying to you is that to have a healthy relationship, you must find a healthy person. A healthy person usually isn't running around in the club. Trying to mask their, their their deficiencies and their problems and their brokenness in alcohol and, and cool clothes and and being uh, the, 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 the the nightclub king. They're typically not doing that. Broken people, when noted, equal broken relationships. And so I need you to understand that what you've got to do is that you've got to stay in the garden and you've got to find candidates in the garden, not in the gutter, and hope that you can invite them into the garden and they will change. It never works. It bear- Man, it is not the rule. It is the exception when that happens. We used to call that missionary dating. And unfortunately, the ones in the gutters are better missionaries than those that are in the garden. And they pull us down. And so you need to find somebody that's whole. The third thing I would say to you is this. Know before not. As I read the account of Adam and Eve in Genesis, what I've discovered is that Adam knew who he was and what he was about before Eve came along. If you go back into chapter 1 of Genesis and you begin to read, uh, then what you discover is you you discover that Adam had a revelation of who he was. And he had a revelation that he was a creation of God, that he was the love of God's life. Here's another one. He had a job. It's free. Just saying. Just saying. He had a job because he knew he was supposed to be the ruler of his domain. He was supposed to protect the garden. He had a job. He could pay his own bills. He wasn't living with mama still. Uh, wasn't a video, video game guru. <laughs> See, some of you are picking the wrong people because you don't know who you are. You have no clue who you are. You don't know what your goal in life is. Uh, you don't know where you're headed. You have no direction all you know is you need something cute and jeans. And so then your life is destroyed because you don't know who you are. And you pick them and it destroys you. But some of you are being destroyed even though you know who you are. You are picking people that don't know who they are. And if they don't know who they are, then there's no way they can truly understand who you are. I'm preaching right now. And so what happens is this. Those that don't know their purpose will randomly wander into your life to suck the purpose out of you. Y'all missed that? I've got to say that one more time. If you don't know who you are and you connect with somebody that doesn't know who they are, if they don't know who they are, they will wander into your life for the sole purpose of sucking your direction and your destiny and your purpose and they will slowly destroy you. That's why we say about Jesus this. We have said about Jesus. You know this, man. You can quote this, boy. Y'all, y'all are Christian enough. Y'all been, some of y'all have been in church l- longer than, than you've been alive. It, it, you know, we quote this about Jesus. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Right? We know that. You know what that means? That means that we are complete in Him that we come to this place in our relationship with God where we don't need anything else added to us. We stand whole and complete. Now, you've got to stay with me. That is essential to learn because you've got to learn that nobody completes you but Christ. However, people can take away from you. So, then this truth is apparent. Julie completes my world but she does not complete my worth. My worth was secure before I ever got married. Because I live and move and have my being in Christ, He completes me. So when Julie and I fell in love and when we made the decision to tie the knot, Julie completed my world, but she didn't add anything to my worth. My worth was already secure. That is absolutely to... essential to understand Uh, and as you go through the selection process you better find somebody who knows who they are and you better know who you are because if their worth is wrapped up in their car and their worth is wrapped up in their bank account and their worth is wrapped up in your looks then you should also know that when the car is no longer cool and the money dries up and your curves turn into creases then what will happen is because their worth is wrapped up in those things and those things are lost, then because they don't know who they are, then it is necessary for them to trade in for what they perceive to be an upgrade. That's why when some of us turn 60, we all of a sudden want to trade in for 230s. Because we don't understand who we are. We haven't wrapped up our completion in Christ. We've, we've wrapped up our completion in what's hanging on our arm or what's walking next to us in the restaurant so everybody will turn and look. They think she's your daughter, by the way, but that's a different story. They just think you're some perverted old man. See, too often what we do is, is uh, we expect others to bring a healing that only God can perform. Let me tell you right now, if you're broken in your spirit, there is not a spouse, there is not a date, there is not an affair that will ever complete you or heal that. Only Christ can do that in your life. It is in Him that we live and move and have our being. Only He can bring that thing to completion in you. You can be saved, but some of you need to be healed. And if you displace the expectation on somebody else that only Christ can fulfill, then they will not be able to take your pain away. They will only add to your pain. So if you're not whole, listen to me carefully. Especially those of you that have been in a relationship and and now are out of a relationship. If you are not whole, you don't need to enter another relationship very soon. Just trying to help you. Just some of you haven't even got the ink dried on the last one. And you're about ready to enter another one long term. I'm just trying to help you. If you are right out of a broken relationship. There needs to be a season of time. That you sit down and heal first. Because. Listen, if you take your brokenness and your baggage into the new relationship, you will destroy the new relationship. It will not handle you, your your brokenness. It will not fix your baggage. It will just add it to that relationship, and you're doomed before you ever start. If you don't know who you are and your own worth in Christ then you will settle for less than what he had for you and you will miss the suitable person that God has for you. In fact, what we do is we try to use people to feel something in us that they were never created to feel. And I'm going to get real blunt with you here right now. Let me say this to you. Since they don't have the ability or the power to complete you and then you use them to try to find your worth and to find who you are, since you're using somebody else to try to feel something that only God can feel, that makes them an idol. You wanna wonder why you wonder why we have such a hard time getting young people to break up? When, they, when it's absolutely apparent they need to break up. I mean, I'm, talk, now I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about teenagers so y'all can amen me now. Uh, teenagers that, that were on fire, crazy for Jesus, at church all the time, worshiping, nuts, radical, going to change the world. They start dating. And from the outside looking in, you can see they've lost their mind because now they, they don't worship anymore and they don't really care about God anymore and they're distracted. And you go to them and say, you need to break up. And they go, what you talking about? What, You're nuts. You don't know me. You can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. No, i can kill you, but I ain't your boss. I understand. I can ground you for stinking life, but I'm, but, but. The reason is is because they allow that person to come between them and God, and they suddenly, since they are so young and they haven't come to complete grips with who they are and their own worth, then they will try to use that person and they attach their worth to that person and that person has now become an idol. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, it sounds good when it's about teenagers. It's pretty sad when it's about forty year olds. But we do the same thing. That's what happens. See the Bible says, I read it to you that they become one flesh. We're getting nervous now. He's going to talk about sex, and we attach that to sex. And and yes, I understand that 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 is the 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 physical manifestation that is taking place in this account. But there is a spiritual manifestation there too. Your wholeness intertwines with a person's wholeness and produces health. So. Your wholeness plus their hurt only destroys your wholeness. Isn't it funny how that works? You cannot truly become one unless you are first whole. Listen, I'm terrible in math. So this equation makes perfect sense to me. Probably doesn't make sense to you. But half plus half in math equals whole but not in relationships half plus whole is a disaster and most likely a breakup or a divorce see some of y'all some of y'all bad math too you ain't getting that in re, in the equation of relationships we've got to learn that whole plus whole equals whole. That's the only way you will ever have a complete healthy relationship is for you to wait long enough for God to get involved in the selection process and send somebody. They're not going to be perfect, but they can be whole. And when you find that person that's whole, you can stay whole. See, this is extremely important for those of you who are going to go extended periods of time or even permanently without a knot. The way we twist it is we get into services like this, and if we're not careful, the preacher will preach a message that makes you think you can't be complete without having a relationship. That's a lie. Because those relationships don't complete you. Christ completes you. And for some of you in here, you will go extended periods of time with no relationship or maybe permanently without a relationship. And you need to know that that every time you want to say to, to tie a knot, if God says not, then you've got to understand that Christ can complete you. And because if you don't understand that truth, then you will live the rest of your life incomplete. And you will never experience life more abundantly that Jesus has provided for you. See, Christ can complete you and you can be completely complete without a boo. Some of y'all don't know what that means. Let me go, let me go your age. You can actually be complete without a sugar pie. You, you, you can actually live life. I know this is a news flash for some of us. You can actually be complete without a pookie bear in your life. I don't like going home to an empty house. Okay. Let me help you right here. Just for a moment, then I'll get out of your way. When you used to go home to somebody, it was hell. Had nothing to do with the garden. It was gutter all day long. They didn't like you. You didn't like them. They didn't squeeze the the, the toothpaste from the right end. They turned the toilet paper the wrong way. They wouldn't put the seat down. I'm just talking about the guys. Uh... You fought like cats and dogs, and now that they're gone, I don't like going home to an empty house. Wake up! Nobody likes to be alone, right? Newsflash, you're not alone. Well, I can't wrap my arms around Jesus. Come on now. Come on now. He completes us. You say, well, that's easy for you to say you've got somebody to come home to. Yeah, but the only way that that works is because she's whole. And I'm whole. Because if she wasn't whole and I'm not whole, it would be war. Because even though she's whole and I'm whole, there are days when it's Great. I I just backed my way right out of it. You thought I was going to say, See, I ain't stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's awesome. We have a great relationship. And what I would say to you this morning is if you're headed into a relationship or you long for a relationship, listen. How many of you prayed the same prayer I prayed when I was 16 years old? Oh, please, Lord, please don't come back now. Not now, God. I want to get married first, God. Please don't come. Any of y'all ever pray that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. But I'm just trying to save you some pain. I'm tired of seeing some of you destroyed. I'm tired of seeing some of you deal with issues that you don't have to deal with if you would just slow down and let God place somebody in your garden that is suitable for you. And if you've never tied a knot, don't until you know who you are. And until you determine whether the person that you're about to tie the knot with knows who they are. And if you don't think that's essential, you go talk to some of the folks around here that have been knotted. And now have gone through the pain of no longer having a knot. And they will testify to the fact that it is not worth the pain. It don't matter how cute they are. Why? Because the relationships are essential and they can destroy you or they can... They can move you towards the destiny that God has for you. So, For all you single folks out there, hang on. God knows. He can select. But you got to look in the right place. Next week, we're going to talk about how do you stay knotted. What do you got to do to make the knot last? Father, this morning, <clears throat> I pray. that we would come to the place where you are Lord of all. We, we, we sang this morning that we would give you all of us. And yet it seems to me, Lord, that a lot of the times, if we're not careful, what we end up doing is we, we hold things back. God, I'm pretty convinced that under the sound of my voice, there's probably somebody that's holding back the area of relationship out of their life they are convinced that you don't know what they really want or need and they're convinced that you move way 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 too slow and so they take matters into their own hands and pain is the result God I pray for folks under the sound of my voice that are walking through pain We would readily admit this morning that we made a mistake. We tried, we tried, but we made a mistake. I pray you'd heal that pain this morning, and I pray that that person would become whole. I pray they would find their worth in you. That thing they attach themselves to is gone, and there are days they wonder about their own worth. I pray that they would discover their worth in you they can know who they are. They can rest in the completion that you bring to their life. God, I pray that we would come to the place where we would quit trying to allow or quit allowing intruders into the garden. I pray that instead we would wait on you to place the right person. If that's your will and destiny for us, I pray that we would become very comfortable in the waiting God, we recognize that relationships can be the source of great joy, but they can also be the the source of the greatest pain. So I pray that you would teach us principles today that would put us on the right track. God, there are probably somebody under the sound of my voice that's in a relationship that they really, really need to reconsider before they tie a knot. I pray that you'd give them the strength. I pray that you'd step in and speak so clearly and concisely, precisely, that they cannot deny and cannot resist. We refuse to go through the process anymore, selecting and then asking you to perfect. Help us to find your perfect will for our lives. God, I pray for the married folks in this room right now. God, there are some folks that are married here that are struggling in the relationship because they continue to try to find their worth in the person that they married. I pray that this morning they would adjust that and get that idol out of their life and they would turn their attention towards you and they would find out their worth is wrapped up in you and you alone for every one of us I pray that you'd make us whole only you can do that Jesus we're all saved but some of us need to be healed and I pray that in the midst of a relationship where we've already tied a knot or prior to a relationship if we have not I pray that you would step in at this moment and heal the baggage and the hurt and the pain of our life and allow us to move towards being whole I pray that you would do this the mighty and the powerful the all sufficient name of Jesus so that we can bring you glory and honor in Jesus name would you stand with me just for one moment take the hand of the person next to you some of the people that you're holding hands with are devastated this morning because of brokenness in relationship some of the people that you're holding hands with this morning are about to enter relationships or have entered relationships that they need to hear from God about some of the people that you're holding hands with this morning need to know who they are But you pray for them this morning for just a moment Father we pray for our neighbors we love them enough as brothers and sisters to want the very best for them. So God, I pray this morning that you would touch them wherever they are, whatever stage in relationship they may be. In. That this morning they would find a new sense of completion, a new sense of worth in you. God, I pray for my brother and my sister, whoever I'm holding hands with right now, that you would speak clearly to them. I pray this week would be a defining week and they would sit down and write out criteria if they're single and they would submit it to you. If they're married, I pray that this would be the greatest week of their marriage that they've ever encountered, that as they turn their attention back to finding their worth in you, that their marriage would succeed and become healthy. And God, I pray especially, this is premature, but I pray that as we go into next week God that you would allow those that are married I pray that the knot would stay secure and would become stronger than it's ever been and for those that are entering this week thinking it's their last week I pray that instead you would intervene right now and bring a change and Father we'll give you glory for it in Jesus name would you turn to your neighbor right now and say you need to find somebody in the garden not the gutter and then you can be seated for just a moment as Pastor Woody comes